your home of the pens, WXDX FM, Pittsburgh. Hey, yo. I got to admit, El Mahico at 6 and 9 on the season, I had expectations that were bigger and better, man. But I give you a winner every week. Five straight weeks now. You just got to figure out which game. I can't do all the work, Chico. El Mahico, as always, would like to talk to his fans. Dial 412-333-WXDX. I got Pittsburgh minus seven and a half points over Miami. My hometown, man. Cubano section. But the Dolphins just stink. Mui Sako, man. And I hate to spoil the party for October 23rd, but I got Cincinnati plus nine at New England, and I would not be surprised if the Bengals won outright. Cincinnati is three and two. They can't keep playing that bad unless they do, man. I also got Baltimore plus three at the Giants. Somebody got to keep up with the Steelers in the AFC North for a while anyway. Keep up the bad work, Ernie. Here's a game I'm kind of sweet on, but it's not an official pick. I do three and three only. That's what makes El Mahico... The football pick sensation. Discipline, Chico. But Kaepernick is starting for San Francisco at Buffalo. And the Niners are nine-point dogs. After all the fuss about taking a knee, Kaepernick gonna get buried if he sucks. So I don't think he's gonna suck. I kind of like the Niners and the points. I am El Mahico, a winner every week, Chico. El Mahico brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing, man. Count on a name you can trust. Hey, what about Ernie? By the way, man, you can get all the Cuban rum and Cuban cigars you want now, thanks to Obama. Talk of the Ravens, Elvis Doomerville out indefinitely for the Ravens. You know, guys used to play hurt all the time, and now they don't get the chance to. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm not saying if it's progress or regression. I am saying that's just the way it is. Here's a baseball note. This is hilarious. Josh Tom was going to start game two of the ALCS on Saturday for Cleveland. 
It was supposed to be Trevor Bauer, but he's not going to be able to pitch because Bauer cut his pinky repairing his drone. Repairing his drone. Repairing his drone and needed stitches. Yikes. Let's turn it around back to Penguin Talk. I thought the game last night was a pretty good start to the season. You beat uh, last year's President's Trophy winner in a team you had a lot of trouble eliminating from the playoffs. You beat them in a shootout. Uh, The Pens fell behind 59 seconds in. They were still watching the banner, I guess. Burakovsky scored, but... uh, At the end of the day, the Penguins got the two points. They can't get any more than two, so that's a good opening night. Marc-Andre Fleury was brilliant, made a bunch of great saves. It never felt like he was scrambling or like he wasn't in control of the game. Chris Letang was excellent. Ovi had five shots on net, 12 shots toward the net, but a lot of those were in the power play. Tanger won that matchup. He just... Kept Ovi outside. He could skate with Ovi. He could battle physically with Ovi. Not many guys can do that. And then Tanger played over half the overtime. Not many guys can do that either. That three-on-three, especially when the other team has the puck, as transpired last night, tough to do, tough to keep up. And Tanger was excellent. Uh, Gino was too. A goal and assist, scored in the shootout. Had an edge to his game that I think Geno plays better when he has. So anyway, 1-0, you can't start out any better. Uh, Sid and Kessel didn't practice today. Mike Selvin said it's a maintenance day for Kessel. Sid's still day-to-day. Brian Rust will not play tomorrow night. I got to meet Joe Manganello. For Magic Mike, both Magic Mikes and True Blood, married to Sofia Vergara. He's narrating the Penguins' 50th anniversary video. A big Penguin fan, a big Pittsburgh sports fan. He's boys with Nash. He's boys with Ben. He's a good guy. And he told me he liked my work on the NFL Top 10 shows. So that was a nice ego boost. And I ran into Mark Kyle, talked about that earlier. Talked to Mario. And I just love hockey. I love it when hockey's here. Talked to David Morehouse. Uh, tremendous stuff at the game last night, and uh, a good time was had by all. That's my home. It was the Civic Arena, but now PPG Paints Arena is my home. It's the only thing in sports I enjoy doing and following. That and Liverpool Football Club. That's it. As I've said before very candidly, And I'm the only one who does what I do that admits it. The rest of them, they're all pretending. When you hear me talk about the Steelers, if you can hear passion in my voice, that's just an affectation. I don't care. I root for Ben, and I want him to win a third Super Bowl. I think that would truly put a guy I like and respect among the elite, but it's not a passion. Hockey and the Penguins, soccer and Liverpool, those are the only passions I have left. Let's go to uh, Kate and Gibsonia. Kate, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hello, Kate. Hi. Hi. Uh, I wanted to, on that vein of the Penguins being somebody you're passionate about, 
I wanted to say how good they did with their fan fest over last weekend. Oh, really? Uh, why do you say that? What was good about it? I know all the players were uh, there. All the players were there. I, I spent 30 bucks. I got to take my son. He's two. He had the time of his life running around in the kids' zone. He got to meet players. And the whole day, it was everything was hockey. And he woke up the next morning saying, I saw penguins. I, I've been around fun. sports my whole life, Kate. And uh, no team has ever done a better job super serving and cultivating the younger demographics than the Pittsburgh Penguins under their current ownership and management. Let's go to Patrick in Pittsburgh. Patrick, you're on with the super genius. Hello? Hi, Patrick. You're on the air. Uh, I want to know what you think about uh, Antonio Brown posting he's going to wear Kimbo Slice, uh, Cleats, and Jose Hernandez this week. You mean Jose Fernandez? Sorry, sorry. I couldn't possibly care less. If Antonio Brown was playing football on my deck, I would close the blinds. I couldn't care less about Antonio Brown. He could be the best wide receiver in football Sunday, all year, all all career, the rest of his life. I don't care. He's worn me out. I don't care. What I'm really trying to say is I don't care. I love it. I don't care. 412-333-9939. We got Tommy Dreamer, the uh, pro wrestler. He has a promotion called House of Hardcore. They have a big show at uh, Court Time Sports Center in Elizabeth, PA tomorrow night in conjunction with the local international wrestling cartel. I've been to these shows, and they're awesome, so you should check it out. I'm sorry my buddy DJ Z who's on TNA as well, isn't on the show. I really enjoy watching him perform. The most underutilized guy in professional wrestling. Okay, up next, let's stay with the Penguins. What was your take on last night's win? And my only area of concern was I thought Ole Mata had a bad game. Uh, not, Not bad, it just, I don't know. When guys are out there for goals against, they get that minus. And the replay never looks good. I thought Trevor Daly, you know, he was out there for both goals as well. But Ole had a kind of a, a flat playoff. I don't think his NHL career or status with the Penguins is up for grabs. And I certainly wouldn't scratch him. I do expect better. I think we'll get better. But uh, not a great game. But my only concern from last night, and they got the two points. By the way, uh, Chip notes I'm passionate about music too but that's we're talking about sports um Jeff tweets this El Mahico bit is the worst Spanish speaking accent I've ever heard I get it's tongue in cheek but it's just poor yeah that's about right 1059 X. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, big fan, big fan. Well, no, I just said, I don't know what I said. I don't know what you said. Uh, double M. Yeah? The X at 105.9. There's an article uh, at thebigleague.com about uh, people complaining about last night's Game 5 between the Dodgers and Nationals, which set a record for longest nine-inning postseason game. Four hours and 32 minutes. And the author says that we need to shut up about how long 
games are. He points out what people are pointing out, that the running time exceeded that of Titanic and also the Ten Commandments. And then he goes on to chide the quote-unquote joyless sports games are too long crowd. And writes mockingly, quote, these important people needed a more expedient outcome. They've worked too hard and sacrificed too much to sit through one extra hour of a baseball game between two teams that have been playing for seven months. How dare the players take their time during the biggest moments of the season? How dare managers Dusty Baker and Dave Roberts engage in strategic maneuvering? And, you know, blah, 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 baseball purist, beautiful game, no time limit, blah, blah, blah. And if you're a real big baseball guy like like this Jamoke obviously is, there's a lot to be said for his argument. Except it's not people demanding that the game be shorter. It's people saying, if the game's that long, I'm not going to watch. I don't know what the overnight ratings were for that game, but I bet people tuned out as the game went on, which isn't how it should be for a game that exciting and a game that crucial. Pro sports can do whatever it wants. Football's proving that. Football, the games are too long. People may finally be figuring out that in a three-hour time slot, there's about 10 minutes of actual action, and they're getting tired of that. People may look at Antonio Brown's narcissism, or a guy like Greg Hardy's criminality, or a guy like Johnny Manziel's stupidity, they may look at all that and figure they just don't want to watch it anymore. And and it's their right. Maybe that's why the ratings are way down. Maybe it's one thing. Maybe it's Kaepernick. Maybe it's the idiocracy that football's become that I just mentioned. Maybe the games are too long. Maybe there's not enough action. Maybe it's all of the above, but... If people aren't watching, then you better examine why they're not and try to fix it unless you don't care that they're not watching. But I bet football does. I bet the networks do. I bet the sponsors do. And if baseball ever finds itself in a similar decline, or if such an important game, uh, like last night's Game 5 of the DS, didn't draw a big number, if people did tune out as the game dragged past the 3.5 and 4-hour mark, then they better fix it or learn to live with making less money from it. Because, again, I can't tell baseball that its game needs to be shorter. Nor can they make me watch it. And let me tell you something. They need me to watch it a lot more than I need the game to be shorter. A lot more. Wow, this is big. After a long absence, let's welcome back to the show... The former star quarterback of Adams College, he is Stan, the man Gable. Stan, uh, Gravitas, and welcome back. Uh, Latin Gravitas. Where were you? Uh, well, you heard of that WikiLeaks situation, right? Yes. It had something to do with that, but it's, it's as far as I can go. Okay, what about your brother? Mark, I've told you before, and I'll tell you again, I am not my brother's keeper. New Jack City, New Jack, New Jack, New Jack Shakedown. What do you got? Hey, it's amazing what a difference a year makes. A year ago, at the beginning of the hockey season, it was kind of depressing. 
depressed with players, depressed with system, with management. And, you know, with the addition of maybe a few people, a lot of those same guys are here, but you feel 10 feet tall. You feel like there's depth at every position, and it's very refreshing. You know what, Stan? That's a good point. I was talking with the Penguins assistant general manager, Jason Botterell, and uh, we were talking about the, the Capitals, how they really need to do something with this group or they're going to have to take a good hard look at it at year's end, which I think is definitely true. And after I said that out loud, I said to Botts, you know, the same might have been said about the group here in Pittsburgh had we not done as well as the Penguins did in last year's playoffs. It's a very fine line, isn't it? It certainly is. Is hey, is did did Staggy did Staggerwald look remarkably like Jim Rutherford, Jim Rutherford last night? Is that me? Who Paul Staggerwald? Yes. You know what? You're not real far off there. I never thought of that till right now, but you're not real far off. Um, was Brian Rust a healthy scratch last night? No, no, he's he's just not quite ready to play. He needs to knock the rust off. Get it? Is, is Tom Sestito a likable player? I see that guy. First of all, my wife could have scored. He's a real likable guy. But does he belong on the Flyers? I mean, look, I know when Sid comes back and when Russ feels healthy, that guy's going back down to Scranton. But, you know, I, I don't dismiss the idea of having a tough guy, but I don't know. I mean, you would know better than I do. You know what? Like I, I don't like but... the idea of having a tough guy. I don't like the idea of any team having a tough guy. But let me tell you something. Did you see when Coonhockle nudged Holtby last night? Yeah. The Capitals came in like they wanted to kill everybody. They saw Sestito was on the ice, and suddenly they just wanted to play hockey. Then later, they had like one of those goofy fights where, you know, Wilson went out because the Capitals felt like their testosterone had been questioned, and they fought. But uh, when it counted, Sestito stopped them in their tracks, and I kind of liked the way that looked. That's your cue. Hey, what do you th- hold on? What do you think about all these clowns showing up lately? I think I think you know I think when the police arrest them, they can put them all in the same car. Clowns to the left of me, Joker to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Gravitas. Up next, we talk to Tommy Dreamer from House of Hardcore. Big wrestling show tomorrow night at the Court Time Sports Center in Elizabeth at seven o'clock. One hundred five nine X. Let's face it, you've always been in love with me, and this is just your moment of clarity. I don't think so. Oh, I know so. DX at 105.9. Tomorrow night at Court Time Sports Center in Elizabeth, PA, House of Hardcore Wrestling has a great show at 7 p.m. Joining me now is the founder of the feast, the king of hardcore wrestling, formerly of ECW, WWE, and TNA. He is Tommy Dreamer. Tommy, Hasa Hardcore is your baby. It's been around for four years, and it's definitely growing. How's that happening? Because it's kind of a tough time for pro wrestling in general. Uh, one, I want to say my relationship with the fans have been amazing. Uh, I've always been a man of my word, and I actually learned that from ECW, from Paul Heyman, who always uh, never lied to your audience. And I want to say that good faith that I've always had with them, uh, as well as, you know, delivering uh, great shows 
and kind of just taking it from a fan's perspective of, you know, I go out there when I want to book a show. I do it for how I feel I want fans to watch, as well as myself, because I'm still a big fan. And uh, the momentum has just been continuing. I'm very, very happy about it. Is wrestling saturated now, Tommy? Is there too much of it or maybe too many places to watch it? Well, I mean, you think about with WWE, they are on, uh, what, three hours on Monday, two hours on Tuesday. They're on an hour on the network. You can get it all the time. Uh, I look at it, and I will uh, say the Penguins are the franchise of and the face of hockey. WWE is the face of wrestling. But you know what? There's 30-some-odd teams in hockey. There's 30-some-odd teams in baseball. I'm okay with if I was the, I don't know, Ottawa Senators or, you know, just showing my vision of professional wrestling. I, like yourself, grew up during the territory days where, if you think about it, there was functioning, fully functional wrestling territories, wrestling seven nights a week, and you know, which meant guys wrestling uh, all over the United States full-time every single night. Where did that audience go? I don't think they went anywhere in the sense of, you know, yes, there's more things to watch on television, all that stuff. But if you're a fan, you're a fan for life. And I just think, you know, I want to show diversity as well as show fans. You know, my slogan is no politics, no BS, just wrestling. And I just want to show fans my vision of professional wrestling. Well, what is the next big thing in pro wrestling? Because as we both know, something always brings it back, whether it's the Attitude Era or a big star. There's always something different around the corner. What do you think is going to happen next? I'm hoping it's me. <laughs> um, I've, you know, I've had a lot of things where I was just, hey, this is just going to be a regular, you know, independent thing for me, and I'll do a couple of shows. You know, I did one show my first year. I did two shows my second year. And then when I went to Toronto and I had a small television deal up with uh, the Fight Network, and I drew 2,700 people up in Toronto, and I was like, whoa, I'm onto something here. And then, you know, I recently went to Australia over the summer, and I drew 1,700 people standing room only in Australia. I literally announced House of Hardcore was coming and one match. And, you know, I recently turned down WWE to go back during for the draft, a full-time job for a lot of money just, you know, to see this, uh, I guess, my vision come true. And, you know, I'm, I'm all in, as the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, said, and that's what I want to be. So Now, uh, you are still an active in-ring competitor. You're 45. Given the style you've wrestled, all the hardcore stuff, do you think you're even more beat up than most wrestlers your age? <laughs> um, yes. Weirdly, uh, I always say muscles tear and rip, but fat absorbs. So I think my butt has helped Oh, oh me don't I that. know it. <laughs> uh, I also screwed myself because Terry Funk is my mentor, and he's in his 70s and still wrestling. So uh, I, I honestly, I don't feel any pain. Uh, I have my normal aches and pains when I wake up. But the only time I really feel pain is when I fly. I just think because my butt is now so big and sitting in that uh, <laughs> In my, I'm coming up October 28th, will be 27 years wrestling. I've still yet to have a surgery. So, uh, but when I do, I'm going to get everything. I'm going to get liposuction, hair implants, uh, maybe get a set of boobs. Who knows? <laughs> What's the worst wrestling injury you've ever had? Because I seem to recall a cane shot to the groin uh, that didn't require surgery, but required a lot of... Uh, well, yeah. I guess rest is probably the way to put it. Maybe some ice. Yes. Uh, Jerry Lawler caned me in the lower man area, and I actually got knocked out from it. And uh, Jim Cornette hitting me on the back with my tennis racket. 
woke me up. And if you ever want to hear the highest octave scream, look it up on the WWE Network or YouTube, and uh, you will see me take it to the next level of uh, screaming. That was probably, at the moment, my worst uh, injury. But, I mean, I broke my neck. I broke my back. I broke every heel, uh, every bone in my heel where uh, they said they only see it in people who jump out of planes been set on fire, thrown in barbed wire, but, you know, I'm still going. Now, you worked Japan recently. Uh, who'd you work for, and how was that? Boy, those crowds are special in Japan. That must have been a terrific experience. I love it, and they're so, so respectful. I, I went for a, an independent company, and I was also uh, working on, you know, negotiating Greenhouse of Hardcore there in 2017, and uh, it was just uh, a tag match with me and Masato Tanaka, who's in amazing shape and probably one of the most underrated Japanese performers of all time. Uh, and he's now 40, and he's looks like he's found the fountain of youth. Uh, brought Shane Douglas there, and, you know, they're all about tradition, and, and it was, it was, it was such a great, I love going there. I mean, besides the 14-hour flight, that's the hardest thing to do, but as soon as I get off the plane, you know, you met with reporters, uh, meeting you at the airport, and I do, I love it. And that whole culture, I've always, I've always loved it, and I'm, you know, happy to still, Again, like you said, at 45, you still be able to draw crowds, and people still want to see Tommy Dreamer wrestle, especially in Japan. We're talking to Tommy Dreamer from House of Hardcore Wrestling. House of Hardcore partnering up with IWC for a big show tomorrow night, 7 p.m. at the Court Time Sports Center in Elizabeth, PA. Uh, Tommy, Matt Hardy is doing all those crazy delete videos in TNA, taking wrestling outside the realm of the ring and really putting a crazy twist on it. What's your take on those videos, and can they make any tangible impact? I think Matt is totally gone above and beyond recreating himself and why. You know, just like we're talking about, you know, House of Hardcore, it's different. And, you know, he could have rested on his laurels of being, you know, Matt Hardy and, you know, the Hardy Boys. He has totally changed everything. I want to say he is now the Stone Cold Steve Austin of what? Whenever the fans don't like what they're seeing, they start saying delete, delete on Monday Night Raw. And uh, has he made an impact? Yes. I mean, it did great for the ratings. I just think uh, when and if Matt Hardy becomes a free agent, I think there's bigger and better things for him. Uh, just, you know, that character is so awesome. I recently had him on my last show in Philadelphia. At the arena, we had an amazing match. And then in uh, December, him and I are going to wrestle again in a steel cage. And the moment I announced it, I went old school. Everyone ran and bought their tickets in advance for a show that's happening like four months away. And, you know, it was, I did an, an amazing pre sale just on the announcement of, hey, Tommy Drew is going to take on Matt Hardy uh, next time inside a steel cage. So Matt, Matt has totally recreated himself. Uh, I love what he does on social media where. He just, he lives the gimmick, and that's, you know, myself and, and, you know, yourself growing up with, you know, characters like that, you know, never breaking kayfabe. I love it. Now, we got to talk sports because you're a sports guy. You're also a New York guy. Which teams do you root for? I've lost track, even though we've talked about it, because there's so many different sports teams in New York. I'm a Rangers fan. Sorry, Penguins. Uh, well, no, we're not that upset by how either team is doing right now, but go ahead. <laughs> Uh, I'm a Rangers fan. I am sadly a Knicks fan. Uh, last night, though, I went to the Cavs game, and what an amazing thing they've done, you know, the energy they've put into uh, that place, just winning a championship. And uh, I'm a Yankees and Mets, Giants and Jets, so I have no hopes for football and slim hopes for baseball. 
Well, I know you follow football closely, and we got the Steelers in New England a, a week from Sunday. I'm presuming both teams will be 5-1. and one. Who do you like that game? And I'm assuming you hate Brady like everybody else outside Boston does. <laughs> no, I actually like Tom Brady. I think he's a hell of a quarterback. I look at Tom Brady as the stone-cold Steve Austin of the NFL this year where he's going to exact his revenge on the corporation and the evil <laughs> owner of Roger Goodell and the biggest stone-cold middle finger to your face, he's going to be given that Super Bowl trophy. I think it's going to be New England's going all the way, and it's going to be Tom Brady's ultimate revenge because uh, that whole horrible, horrible deflate gate and all that stuff. But uh, I think he's the bad guy we love to cheer uh, for some reason. He's an amazing quarterback, and that whole system is just, I couldn't believe their, you know, the record they were at. I predict them to be 1-3, and, and then here comes Brady, and they're just going to roll undefeated. But you know, Big Ben has an amazing offensive team. Bell is back. Uh, I'm really excited about that. And you just have all those offensive weapons. You just, you know, the offensive line just got to make sure they protect uh, Big Ben, and you guys will have a great season as well. Now, you see, you mentioned Deflategate, and uh, I thought it was overblown, no pun intended. Maybe underblown is a better word. But if Brady had had an ounce of humility, Tommy, and just said, you know what, I didn't know it was a big deal. I did it. I won't do it again. I think he would have got one game or maybe just to fine, but maybe he upraised that little finger a little too soon for his own good. Yeah, um, I think the biggest problem about that with sports is that we actually had to have a, an investigation where it's taxpayers' money that went into... Uh, <laughs> no question. I mean, what is going on in the world? And I, won't, I, I built a company around no politics and no BS. And, uh, you know, the presidential race is all about, it reminds me of professional wrestling 100%, but the fact that we had to get the government involved in a, in a game is pure ludicrous. But, yes, I think, you know, at times they want to flex their muscles and show, hey, we have, uh, we have all the control. And, you know, but I do think that, that uh, suspension was BS, and I do believe that if you would have done it your way, I don't even know if he did know about it, but then the whole cover-up, all that stuff, it's just, okay, let's move on. It was national news for so many days. It was just, it, it was almost embarrassing to go outside this country like I do so much, and they ask you questions where, you know, people are like, oh, does everyone own a gun in your country? No, they don't, and there's good people here too, you know? Uh, here's a tip, by the way, Tom. If you ever want to get perspective on the presidential race, Watch one of the presidential debates at the same time as Ric Flair and talk to him on the phone about it. That'll, that'll, that'll really uh, put things in proper focus. Uh, finally, I know you're an MMA guy. What was your take on CM Punk and his fight in UFC? I, you know, there's, there's a lot of CM Punk haters out there. And, oh, not know, me. A lot, of, a lot of people. One, I've been in tons of real fights, and I'm one of those guys who actually does like to fight, and I've been in a lot of them. And, but I've also had my butt kicked to train. I could never do to, I have to hate somebody or be in an instant situation where I have to protect somebody like, you know, my children or my wife, or I have to hate you at that moment to fight you. Um, I don't, I couldn't do that. And, and for CM Punk to just even step into the ring and pursue his dream at the age that he is, I think it's great. I think it was pure genius for UFC to sign him. You know, CM Punk will tweet something and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, a million retweets. It's the society that we live in. And to me, honestly, uh, and I said this to him because I'm good friends with him, I think after he has a second fight, he should win or lose, he should go 
and be handed the microphone, and he should be the commentator for UFC because he is great at commentating, and he, he could be the next huge thing, and now he has the credibility that he did do that fight. As well as Kurt Angle should do the uh, commentary for Bellator because I think he's great at that as well. Tommy, great stuff. Uh, good to talk to you again, and we'll see you tomorrow night at the House of Hardcore. Like, thank you very much. I appreciate it, and I'll talk to you then. That is Tommy Dreamer. Don't forget, that's tomorrow night, 7 p.m., at Court Time Sports Center in Elizabeth, PA. Tommy Dreamer, Rhino, EC3. Going to be a great show put on by the House of Hardcore and the International Wrestling Cartel. It's time now to Ask Mark Anything. 412-333-WXDX. It's too early for that music. Although Monday, don't forget, you want to listen to the show Monday. Unless you want it to be a good show, because it won't be. But if you want raw emotion and me on the knife's edge, Liverpool and Manchester United during the show Monday, and of course I'll be at Buford's. Make sure you get to Buford's. Uh, And I'll be there Tuesday night for the viewing party too. Don't forget the first 20 kids Tuesday night at the viewing party. How about this? It's a co-promotion with Bud Light and Coors Light. I am so big that the beer companies are joining hands because they all want a piece of Double M. They want to give you the gift of Madden. Drink it in, man. So I'll be at Buford's before the game, Monday, home game, during the game Tuesday. First 20 kids Tuesday get a free Sidney Crosby plaque. Penguins helping me out with some tchotchkes to, to give out. Now it's time to ask Mark anything. 412-333-WXDX. Let's go to Tom in Monroeville. Tom, ask Mark anything. Well, we lost Tom. By the way, as soon as the show's over, I'm heading to Monroeville. Donnie! Donnie Irish at the Monroeville Convention Center. I wonder if that's a good venue. I've only been there for uh, Comic-Cons, and I'm barred from those now. Let's go to uh, John and Cecil. John, ask Mark anything. What the frig is going on? Let's go to Dan in Pittsburgh. Dan, let's see if you can ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark. I wanted to ask you if you thought the fact that uh, Swansea, now that has a majority American ownership, influenced the first American manager hire for the... Of course it did. How could anyone think think otherwise? Don't get me wrong. I think Bob Bradley's a decent manager, and I think that Swansea could have done a lot worse and often does. But, I mean, why would an American owner hire an American manager, especially a fairly accomplished one who's familiar with European football and who uh, used to manage the national team? Do you think that's a bad hire? Don't think it's a bad hire. Just curious if uh, maybe it'll open up more opportunities for American managers of the BPL. Well, uh, I, I no, because I don't think there's many that could do it. Can you think of any other American manager that could function in the in the English Premier League besides Bradley? I don't have the expertise to answer that one. I do. No. None. Zero. Zilch. Zip. Nada. Ask Mark Anything brought to you by Ricewurst Crispy Snacks, the healthy snack alternative. You know, I'm not going to get any prime rib this weekend. I had it last Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Maybe none this weekend. I don't know. I might sneak. I don't know. I don't know. Tonight, Donnie's at eight. No, not before. That's taking a chance. Uh, Liverpool has American owners. They're owned by Fenway Sports Group. 
who owns the Red Sox. LeBron James, the part owner of Liverpool, he's a big Liverpool fan. And Liverpool hired a German manager. You just want to get the best guy. Leaves the line open. Let's go to Jerry. Jerry, ask Mark anything. Will you be handing out Halloween candy this year? If I'm home, I do, because the Kovacevic kids, like, they egg my house if I don't. Because Kovacevic's all right by me. Yeah, probably. Why do you ask? Well, because I was wondering, because, you know, when you were a kid, I'm sure you had houses that handed out, like, you know, the majority of houses handed out, like, smaller candies. But I'm going to cut right to the chase. I hand out good stuff. Okay? I hand out the mini bars, but I'll let you reach in and take a fistful of the mini bars. Okay? I'm talking, like, Snickers, Twix, M&M's in the little package. The good stuff, mijo. Let's go to Anthony in the car. Anthony, ask Mark anything. Hey, thanks for taking the call, Mark. Uh, I love the show. Uh, I was going to see, what was your least favorite gimmick match in pro wrestling? Now, do you mean a specific match or just what what concept? Um, Just what concept. I hated, uh, I I thought I'd love it until the first time I saw it. Back then, remember in, in Crockett Promotion, they used to have a scaffold match. Okay, where, yeah. Where two, two, the tag teams would climb up a scaffold, and whichever members got thrown off first would lose. There's no actual wrestling on a scaffold. They would just throw, you know, badly worked punches because they were scared to fall off even when they knew they had to do it. And guys blew out their knees doing that. I, I thought it was a dumb idea, and the execution of it was even worse. Let's talk to Brian in PA. Brian. Ask Mark anything. If you can go back and relive... What? If you could go back and relive a day in your life, what would it be? Any event, concert, you know, any any special day? If I could turn back time, I'd be share. And share alike. I don't know. You know what I'd like to do? Well, you know, you see, that's... When Liverpool won the Champs League in 05, or when the Penguins won a cup... If I could go back in time not knowing what would happen, that would be one thing. But let me tell you something. I have never watched the Penguins Cup clincher all the way through again on replay or Liverpool winning the Champs League on replay. I will watch the highlight DVD from those seasons over and over again. But an entire game where I know the result, I don't think so. Let's go to Colleen in the car because this will be a short one. Colleen, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, uh, I was curious, you know, talking to Tommy Dreamer, uh, who was your favorite wrestler to ever watch perform of all time? I got a question. How often have you listened to this show? As often as I can. How could you not know that? Who would you guess uh, Sha- it is? Shawn Michaels. Please. I mean, I love Shawn, and he's my friend, but they only made one 16-time world champion, and his shoes cost more. That's a lousy one. His shoes cost more than your house. Woo! Monday, Buford's. I think there's a hockey game afterwards, but it's it's, it's Liverpool and United. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Donnie Iris tonight in Monroeville. See you there, Donnie. 105.9.